Welcome to the Finance Cafe podcast, the business podcast for women entrepreneurs that breaks through the money taboo and explores what's behind the numbers. Join your hosts, Shannon Peston and Shauna Frederick every week as they dive into conversations about business and finance with women entrepreneurs and the experts that support them to answer all those questions you have about the numbers and maybe some you haven't even thought of yet. With their combined experience in business, finance, and accounting, Shannon and Shauna know that financial management is more than just understanding the numbers, but understanding how our unique lived experiences, knowledge, thoughts, and behaviors around money shape the financial decisions we make in our companies. Here on the Finance Cafe podcast, presented by Canada's Women Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub, we're changing the way we talk about business and finance, empowering women entrepreneurs to see their business in a new light one conversation at a time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Finance Cafe podcast. I am so excited to sit down with my guest today because this guest is really special to me in my heart. And we met a few years ago over Twitter and over that notion of shared values. And we're going to get into that a little bit. But my guest today is Charlene Sanjenko, who is an impact producer and media visionary. Charlene leads Turtle Island's only Indigenous-owned and female-led media impact agency. Regens Media is looking to shift how advertising dollars are spent and bring more investment to transformative stories that deliver targeted returns. Charlene, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm so thrilled to see you because I still think back to our first conversation. I know exactly where I was in my house and just to have you here and kind of watch the evolution of of you and I guess of myself too uh, over the past four or five years has been been pretty cool. But welcome so much to the show. Uh, Thanks, Shannon. It's such a privilege to be here. I'm really excited about the conversation. Well, likewise. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about you and about Regen Media? Mm, thank you. You know, I, I always joke when, you know, when I reconnect with change makers and social impactors and visionaries uh, like yourself, you know, that we've been in touch for the last few years, I, I kind of joke to myself that, man, if you chose to be alive during this lifetime, you must have checked like the adventure box, because it's, uh, <laughs> it's a really interesting and uh adventurous time to be alive right now. And I, yeah, I'm, I call myself a media visionary. I've worked in the social impact space for 20 years. I am known most and most proud of being a wife, mother, sister, daughter. Uh, I'm an Indigenous woman. And I was born in the Splatchine community, which is in the Shuswap Nation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always like to tell the story about the fact and bring awareness. I was actually one of 150 children that were taken from our community between the years of 1960 and 1980, mm-hmm. and left our community of Splatchine at just 300 people. So if you're someone that's interested in community economic development, um, you know, and communities that thrive, imagine that happening in your community. And um, a lot of my work now as an adult adoptee is really 
thinking about ways of connecting back, bringing back, contributing back to community. And uh, Regen Media is really very woven into all of that as an Indigenous storyteller reconnecting to my heritage. I've really gotten in touch with how powerful story is and the purpose of story. And Regen is passionate, committed to making sure more transformative stories are told. And that basically is working with underrepresented artists to make sure their stories are financed, monetized, and fully activated. And that, in a nutshell, is is what we're up to. Well, I love the personal journey of all of this. And, you know, you mentioned earlier in your opening uh, statement that if you chose to be alive in this time, and I know I work with a Reiki uh, master here, and she always says, Shannon, you chose this, you chose this time, this blueprint, you you picked this. And I love that you are saying that it is an adventure. And when I think about your past, and I think about even just where I met you, I go back, like, you are a two-time Indigenous founder, you've got a solid corporate background in multiple disciplines, like investment services, you've got your marketing and communications, you've got impact production. And all of this has kind of been this path to this moment has been your journey. So the foundation for Regen has percolated really with you for many years, I would say maybe since like 2015, uh, with various aspects piloted through your sister company, which I know as powerhouse, and many of us know as powerhouse still very active. And how have you in your own mind evolved as an entrepreneur? And I guess even how has the business for you evolved? Yeah, well, it, it's interesting. I mean, I've, I've I've been in this space ever since 2000, when I left the investment services industry. And I think that what I notice year after year is just deepening into a, a fuller sense of myself and why I'm here, and really exploring that. And I think that the business that we operate, you know, is really a mechanism of driving our calling forward. A mentor of mine said to me a few years ago, and she's no longer with us in in this physical world. She said, if you were not called, you wouldn't be compelled. And I really think that as entrepreneurs, having a deep sense of conviction around what we're up to is, you know, recognizing that entrepreneurship, especially if you identify as a social entrepreneur, and in my case, an Indigenous entrepreneur, it's merely the vehicle that we drive our calling forward. And uh, Powerhouse has been a great company as an impact accelerator, primarily for women leaders and change makers. We have walked beside some incredible women since 2013, and we we continue to do so. I think what I've done through that uh, organization is really see the power of media in terms of reflecting or mirroring back to women what is possible, what's already there and is possible. And now I'm really wanting, I say that, you know, media is the mirror of the reality that we want. And and so if if so, <laughs> I've tested it on an individual le- level with, you know, with women, how might we actually test it now with society? Stories are the framework on, uh, you know, upon which we we really hang all of our beliefs, our perspectives, our perceptions around who we are and 
and what we think of the world. And I think the sacred art of storytelling is really is really coming around again. And I want to be a part of making that happen. Well, and so much of the work that we do in social impact is about telling stories. And I have to circle back again on something you just said, because I know the mentor whose quote that you mentioned that if you were not called, you wouldn't feel compelled. And I have to tell you that I have reused that as well, because I heard you say that at a luncheon years ago in Cal when you were in Calgary. And that has always stuck with me, but that has also been a very core, I think a core value for you. And I have seen that through your work and you've always used in my mind, the power of media and amplification for good, whether it's through regen or powerhouse. And I also remember you telling me once that you were in the grocery store and you were just there looking at the magazines and a question came to your mind, which was who, who are we celebrating? And that really became the impetus for Powerhouse in 2013. So today you're taking that further into Regen. So help us understand the role that media plays in shifting our future's narrative. Yeah, that's such a funny story about that magazine cover. But I do. I just remember looking at it going, really? Like, this is the best that we can do? Like, seriously? (laughs) And it's You know, I find that I fondly look at that frustration as giving me the energy to get Powerhouse off the ground and to do the work that we've done. I think that media, you know, I'm not sure how many how many listeners will identify with this, but there's a, you know, a stat that we are streaming or scrolling or connected to some type of media almost 12 hours a day right now. And how we are connected, the media that we see absolutely affects how we feel. It absolutely affects the decisions we're making and our perspectives of the world we're living in right now. And you, I'm a big observer. And so I ask people questions and just see their response. And it's so interesting to hear people describe the world they feel they're living in based on the media that's surrounding them. So I'm very aware when I'm tuned into media and I'm watching media, I'm very aware that it is media and and, and also have boundaries around myself, around who I am as an Indigenous woman, what I'm here to do, and how I interact with media in a powerful but positive way. So it, it's it's very interesting. It, Media is absolutely affecting and influencing our daily decisions. So why wouldn't we proactively be using it? If we want better decisions, we need to be making better media, like in its simplest form, right? Yeah. And I mean, another question I guess I have too is is really what is media? You said earlier that we go through 12 hours of scrolling a day. So most of us, and you said earlier too, like I don't know how much your audience will identify with this, but most of the women entrepreneurs that we are surrounded by are actively engaging in media, right? We're using social media to help get our products out there, our services, the messaging, the you know, our own thoughts and perspectives about the way that we see the world or how we celebrate others. So how do you define media? Yeah, it, it really is anything on a screen or in our ears that is, 
you know, that is influencing us. So it is, is it filmmaking? Absolutely. Is it social media? Yes. Is it audio and podcasts? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, is it, um, I, for me personally, because I have a limited attention span, some of the most powerful media that I, you know, observe is just short clips. They used to be called public service announcements, mm-hmm. you know, um, I remember those. But, and, you know, but some of the, you know, some of the commercials, not because I'm a commercial lover, but I actually think that those are where the biggest opportunity lies. Just those little 30 to 60 to 90 second clips are really getting and holding our attention. So media is anything that, that you're, you're you're pulling into your awareness from an external source through a screen, through your senses, uh, through your phone, through a podcast. Yeah, it so it it's pretty it is quite broad, really. You know, I'm gonna just do a little diversion here for one second, but I again I think about the power of storytelling and to everything that you're just you're saying here. Like it's a way to connect. I read once that crowdfunding is a really important avenue for financing for women entrepreneurs. And again, one of the biggest revealing factors as to why that is, is because women are such great storytellers and we can connect our visions to that. And so I think that the you coming up with the the media model that you do, the business model that you have around this, I think is so important. Let's talk a little bit about that business model. And, you know, you are a social enterprise, obviously, like you have a social impact uh, lens on what you're trying to do. And so I want to just ask you, where does this come from? Because a lot of this, you talk about healing. So this notion of social impact for you, you talk a lot about healing. You talk about the world that we want to see in the future. Help me understand when, you know, when I take a look at the world around me, I kind of just feel like everything, everything is changing. And so when I think about healing and I, I hear you talk about healing, why is healing such a priority for you in your work? And how does that translate into your business? Yeah. I, you know, I have, I have a saying that is, Healed leaders make better whole decisions. And, you know, I think what I've observed is in my time in in business, in politics, in media, um, we keep expecting broken leaders to make better decisions. Mm. And, it, and we've got it backwards. And um, it was something that, you know, used to f- frustrate me quite a bit. Until I started to do quite a bit of, you know, immersive work with my Indigenous teacher and my knowledge keeper. And it was like, really, we have to really focus on healing ourselves and our families. And then it ripples out to our communities and our decisions will naturally get better. And the challenges that kind of have us by the tail right now will start to take care of themselves. We're so focused on the external challenges that are around us right now that we're forgetting the root. We're forgetting the root. And and that really is, we have traveled so far from who we really are as human beings. And so, you know, if, if our work at Regen can plant even a few seeds of hope back into society and have us restore hope and belief in humanity 
then then we've done a world of good. And there's nothing better than a heartwarming story to help us remember how really awesome we are and what a great time it is to be alive. Life is such a gift. And yet it's what we choose to focus on, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, when you talk about stories too, like you're really trying to give voices to people who typically haven't had the platform and the voices before as well. So in your role in, in create and using media to create the world that you want to see, what is Regen doing to advance this shift? And how does money and finance fit into some of this picture? Yeah, I love talking the, about the role of Regen because it's it's actually... It's, it's a culmination of everything that I've been working towards my whole life. There is no shortage of amazing, talented storytellers out there. However, independent filmmakers do not have the access to the finance, the monetization, and the activation to fully scale the impact of their stories. We are, you know, we're pretty focused on typically underrepresented creators. I have a big focus personally, of course, on Indigenous filmmakers. So our role, again, is how do we open up the pathways? How do we open up and remove barriers around finance, monetization models, and activation for these stories? And so what we have done, we've, we, we have a new approach, we have a new model, um, bringing together uh, progressive brand partners who want to shift advertising dollars towards narrative shifting media. They want to be part of the solution, and they're willing to shift some of their advertising and sponsorship dollars in a new and interesting way, much like 20 years ago, investors looked at investing and said, hmm, maybe we're going to start to shift some of these dollars into impact investment. So it really has been done in another area. And now we're moving into the world of advertising and, and those dollars. I don't know, you know, if your audience knows, but global advertising will bring in a $1 trillion by 2025. Now wow. that is that is an incredible amount of money to make change. And so for Regen, it's like if we can even talk to the most progressive brands out there and have them start to be open to perhaps shifting over a two or three or five year term, X amount of dollars, where are those commitments to, to being part of the shift? And then we, we match those dollars to impact investment. We're setting up a fund next year called the Regen Media Impact Fund. So really using a matched funds model, every time a brand partner comes on board, we will match those dollars with impact investment dollars, and they will be directed toward the film finance, as well as an activation campaign to make sure that the eyeballs are getting, you know, are supporting the story and interest is building. Well, the advertising world does play such an important, you know, important role in helping us get our company names out there and our product, our value propositions, our values as organizations, our missions and advancing what we're all trying to do. What do you think some of the barriers are for you as you're trying to change this whole business model? 
Um, I think the barriers I want to, I want to try to think past the typical barriers, you know, like I'm, 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 I'm a bit tired of the typical barriers. So I would say, honestly, it's just, it is connecting with the right person in the right position who has decision-making authority and is willing to truly put their impact goals, their ESG strategy, what they say about impact and innovation they're really willing to actually make that into a verb and they see what we're here to offer and work with as a partner as a really compelling way to do so. And they're really excited to join us as a reciprocal partner. Uh, that's, because they get the exposure too. I mean, so they definitely. get to be aligned to something that's important. And what I love in terms of what you're doing is often a lot of organizations that I'm working with that are trying to meet ESG targets or looking at how to do better around things like equity, diversity, belonging, inclusion, and accessibility is that often organizations don't even know an entry point. And so I love that you are this connecting point where you're kind of solving the problem from both sides of the equation. So, you know, well done uh, in, in seeing that, Charlene. So like you are a social enterprise. Now let's talk about uh, some of the challenges that come with just being a social enterprise, because we know that social enterprises to be successful, you have to balance this notion of, upholding a social mission of an organization, but also being able to maximize the productivity of the business venture to make sure that it is in fact sustainable. So how are you able to do this? What are you doing to make sure that you're here not just today, but for the for the long haul? Yeah, it's it's a great question. I, I remember when I first started my business originally in 2000, folks would hear about my my vision and my purpose and they immediately would ask me oh are are you a are you a nonprofit organization and having just left the investment world i was like no like no not at all because a complete uh, self sovereignty as an an entrepreneur comes when we are self sustainable that doesn't mean that if there is supports out there that are well aligned, we won't go after them. If there's government funding, sure. But I didn't, I don't ever want to rely on something. There's a difference between seed funding and reliance on funding. So I think the idea is that it, maybe it comes from my investment background, but it's about a diversity of funding streams that are the perfect mix for a sustainable business, right? We talk about whether that's from revenue, whether that's from some grants, whether, whether that's a, a fee for service or a, or a product that you're building. What's that perfect mix for you that really feels like the right vehicle to drive your mission forward? Yes. Do I keep my finger on the pulse of what's available for funding for in, in the area of what we're up to? Absolutely. Why do I do that? Because government definitely needs to be at the table. Mm -hmm. Government definitely needs to be at the table in terms of what we're trying to change. Industry needs to be at the table. Do I apply for industry for media opportunities? Absolutely. But private business partnerships, brands and private business are the most dynamic, flexible change makers there are out there. Like they are, we can make change 
the fastest in private business, just because of our, our government structures. So I have always felt that there's a role for everyone at the table, but in terms of creating self-sustainability, it's coming up with the right uh, diversity of funding for the long term. Um, I have been in business as an entrepreneur for more than 20 years, and I will be in business for another 20 years because it's the generational change that I'm looking for. And I think that's something else that we don't talk about enough. Um, yes, do we want to have some really high growth, exciting times and phases? Absolutely. But the change we're looking for is going to happen in our generation, not in five years and a, and a quick sellout or, you know, so I, I really try to keep all of those pieces present when I'm decision making and when I'm making financial decisions for my companies too. I really love that you talked about the diversification of revenue streams because very often as we're starting our companies, we're not thinking about where are all the different revenue sources, where can they all come from? And, you know, yes, there are grants. Yes, the goal is for any business to keep making enough money in the company that it is self-sustaining from its own growth. But being able to recognize too, do I need, and in, in, in this day and age too, like looking at subscription models or how to make recurring revenue or looking at passive income as well for the businesses. So I really appreciate that you're looking at, you know, as an entrepreneur thinking like, I don't want to be reliant on any one particular mechanism. So that diversification, really great bit of advice there. I want to keep going actually on the financial advice because yeah. I think I've learned a lot when it comes, you know, you've been doing this for 20 years and we go through kind of the school of financial hard knocks. We, you know, we learn lessons. And so in, in order to help others kind of avoid some of the mistakes that we might've made, what, what financial lessons have you learned good and bad throughout your own journey? Yeah. Well, I think that the, the biggest lesson I've learned is to be able to hold your calling really front and center, like to hold it really solidly, but to allow yourself to be fluid, to be able to pivot, to be able to hold that a little more loosely. So it's like, I always think head, heart and hands. If, if you if you always know in your heart, what you're up to, your head's going to, you know, go a few different directions, depending on what's happening in the world. And, and your, your hands need to be able to act and act quickly. And sometimes that's react. Just, you know, even in the last few years as entrepreneurs, things really changed and shifted. And if you didn't have a mindset where you could be flexible, but yet not lose your grounded footing, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs um, that I've worked with or, or talked to, I really try to have them understand that your business is your vehicle to to drive your life's purpose forward. So I think I, I get them thinking about um, a, a focus and finance framework. And that's as simple as, you know, tell me about your vision five years from now. Like, tell me about the vision for your life. Tell me about like it, describe a day for me in your life. And I know some really successful entrepreneurs in the mainstream's, you know, quote unquote, term of success, 
that they have grown businesses <laughs> that have resulted in life's experiences that they don't even want anymore. Mm-hmm. So I always, I always say, you know, like have have a work back plan and recognize that your your business is your vehicle that's driving you there. And when you make those financial decisions, really make sure that you're using filters, decision-making filters that are pointing you towards that five-year experience, you know, that you're looking for. I don't, I'm not sure if that's helpful, but I think not enough people have a focus framework or decision-making filters that they run things through. I can give you a couple of examples of these filters that I'm talking about. There's three of them for me. I've had them since I was a wee entrepreneur. The first one is, does this provide freedom and ease? Does this opportunity provide freedom and ease? That's a, that's a focus decision maker for me. Does it build strong women? And now I would add to that and healed leaders. That's another focus framework for decision making for me. And the third one is, does it give and support abundance around me? And when I have incoming opportunities or decision making that I have to make, I run something through those three filters. And if it hits two of them, I'll consider it. If it it hits three, I'll go for it. If it only hits one, it's probably not a match for me. And every one of us has those filters, you know, like they really, it's what, it's what's driving them, you know, towards that five-year vision for their lives. But we don't talk about things like that. We don't, enough. And I'll meet women and they'll be like, what do you mean filters? You know? And so I I think little things like that are, are really important. Let's make sure that the businesses we're building are driving us towards the life experience we want and the whole reason we're building them in the first place. Such wise words. And we often, Shauna and I will, when we're working with entrepreneurs or even going through our program, you know, we always start with what is the life that you want first, right? Because as you said, the vehicle is there. So if you can't articulate what is important to you, what is meaningful to you, and what really makes your heart saying there's none of it's all for naught because it you will never reach the goals. But so many of us don't take the time to think about what is this business here to do? And not just for, you know, my customers, but for me. And, you know, there's that whole notion where we have to know, like, what is our bottom line that we need to have in our own lives? So abundance could mean different things to different people. It might be keeping a roof over my head. For other people, it might be being able to give back to things that are really important to them. Other people might want a vacation property, but that notion of abundance is going to be very different for everyone. But if we can't articulate it, it's really hard to know when we've arrived in that place. So if you were to give financial advice to women entrepreneurs, what would that be for you? Yeah, well, I mean, I'd love to stay with that vehicle analogy for a minute because the financial advice that I would give to women is actually pretty specific. If you are thinking about your business as a vehicle, what what does it need? If your business is the vehicle that you're driving to have the experience that you want, say in the next five years, Well, first of all, you're going to need directions. You're going to need to know where you're going and have some sense of direction. You're going to need fuel. 
And your fuel is where the finance conversation comes in. Mm-hmm. You're going to need that that framework that that gives you sustainability. Um, are you taking on a co-pilot or not? You know, it, that's another decision to be made. And regular maintenance, uh, that's something else that we don't talk about often enough is what is the rhythm of your entrepreneurship? For myself personally, at this age and stage in my life, I try to practice entrepreneurship nine months out of 12 at a certain level, three months out of 12 at a different level. Mm. I practice entrepreneurship different ways seasonally. Um, I keep track of where we're at in the moon cycle. Like all of these things are important because again, I've been at this for 20 years and I've got another 20 in front of me. I'm in this for the long game. And so I think rather than us having conversations about burnout, let's have convers- let's have proactive conversations about the rhythm in which we're walking through entrepreneurship. So once you know where you're going, then you can focus on taking care of this vehicle and, and have some fun watching who shows up in, in this journey. Pay attention to the milestones as you're reaching them. And I think that as you're going, you, you just get more and more courageous in this journey. And um, basically, I just say we're driving towards the fullest expression of who we always have been. And our business is, is helping to get us there. Yeah. And thank you for pointing out the maintenance piece because it's that maintenance piece that allows us to check in, right? So, I mean, if you want to be working at a different rhythm, as you say, for nine months out of the year, the business has to be doing something financially to allow you to have a different rhythm, you know, three months. And we often will talk about that every decision that we make in our companies comes with a financial consequence, good, bad, but there's always a consequence there. So it's uh, that maintenance piece is so important to helping us understand the decisions that we can make around the experience that we want to have. So you mentioned you're in this for the long game. So let's fast forward 20 years. We don't even have to go that far out, but what is the legacy that you want to leave with Regen Media? If you could paint the picture of this and say, I will know that I have made it for myself. This experience will have been full if. Yeah, there's a, there's probably three things. The, the first one would be that the term regenerative media is a thing, much like investment impact investing is now, that there is a list of a top 50 list of progressive brands that are actively uh, practicing impact advertising, much like there's a list of B Corps or there's a list of, and so these brands really are leading the way in terms of shifting, you know, a percentage of their advertising dollars year after year. So industry-wise, we really have started to, to tip advertising on its head. The second thing would be there are you know many stories in the marketplace that have been financed, activated, and monetized that that have the region affiliation somehow around them. Many of them indigenous film stories and those filmmakers are enjoying a livelihood around them. So the stories just will live forever. 
And the third thing is, I really do believe that we're living in an emerging space of media tech uh, with Regen. I could see an industry developing out of this, uh, new jobs, new careers uh, within the uh, regenerative media space for impact producers, impact marketers, impact, you know, media uh, advisors, much like impact investment advisors, where people are putting together deals very, very deliberately, much like I am right now. And I think that through the power of media, the tools of technology and global connectivity, that that would be my dream, you know, 20 years from now. And we can look back and say, yeah, you know, we did have something to do to help shift to a more hopeful future narrative. Wow. I mean, talk about disrupting an industry and disrupting a category in this and seeing how you can totally turn this model on its head. And I love the work that you're doing at Regen Media. So where can people find you? If I have a story, if I want to be able like help us understand who would be like, how can you help other women and where can they find you? Yeah, I think we all have stories inside us, to be honest with you. Definitely, you know, folks can connect with us across all, you know, social channels uh, through region media or, or, you know, with me personally. I would say if you're looking to connect with me, you know, personally for a one-on-one, contact me through the website or, or message me on LinkedIn. And I also do a lot of expressive sharing if you want to get to know me a little more uh, and start to build a relationship with me, a good place to start with that is through Medium, because I do a quite a bit of writing on there as well. Absolutely. We'll make sure that we share that in the show notes. So Charlene, I want to ask if I have a story that is burning inside of me, I could just feel it. Maybe it's just starting to percolate. Is that a time to come and see you and, and, and think about how I can bring that story to life? Absolutely. Um, I am privileged to work with a Hollywood filmmaker and a true friend, uh, Naomi McDougall-Jones. We're offering regenerative creation cohorts at different levels. Um, So whether you feel like I'm just, oh, I'm just at the very beginning of my journey, or, you know, you've actually been at this for a while, um, we're really passionate to help people bring their stories to life. And and there's different ways that you can interact with that experience. So I'd encourage you to have a look at our website and, and see what might be available because uh, I do think that this is a movement that is just getting steam underneath it. We'd love for you to, to be a part of it. Well, we certainly hope to be part of that steam and helping to amplify the great work that you're doing. And we're so honored that you, we know how busy everyone is, so that we're so happy that you chose to join and spend your time with us today and sharing your story and helping us learn a little bit more about the woman who is behind Regen Media. So thank you for your vulnerability and all the lessons and all the heart that you bring to using media in a very different way to help heal our system. So Charlene Sanjenko, thank you so much. And to everyone for tuning in, thank you for joining us. We will see you again in another episode of the Finance Cafe podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Finance Cafe podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. 
And to ensure you never miss a new episode, make sure you subscribe to the show. If you'd like to stay connected with us, you can find us on social at the Finance Cafe Official or on our website at thefinancecafe.ca. See you again next week for another episode of the Finance Cafe Podcast.